0: Hello, greetings, friends. We are in the weekend of February the 11th. We continue to look at the Gospel of Mark. Today, we're going to look at the parable of the growing seed, chapter 4, verses 26 through 29 of Mark. And these three little verses we're actually going to do, or these four verses, excuse me, we're going to split into two different Sundays. We're going through the Gospel of Mark. We're learning what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we're discovering who, in fact, Jesus is, What was? what is it that he can do, and what his kingdom is all about. We're learning how to live for him and through him and because of him. And Jesus has been doing a lot of miracles up to this point, and he now switches his emphasis to helping his followers understand his kingdom and the spiritual world and to help his followers understand his kingdom. He's been telling parables that are illustrations and object lessons that take something physical to help us to understand something spiritual. So today we come to the parable of the growing seed. Again, Mark chapter four, 26 through 29. Jesus also said the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First a leaf leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. So there are two important perspectives regarding this parable. The the first perspective deals with God's role in spiritual growth of of people, uh, of us. And the second perspective deals with our role in spiritual growth. And because of this significance of this short little parable about a growing seed and what it means for our own spiritual growth and the growth of others, we're, like I said, we're going to spend one week in God's part in spiritual growth and then another week on our part, if you will, in spiritual growth. So let's begin with God's part. Jesus begins the parable by saying, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. It's a huge subject. It refers to the realm of salvation. And there are three major aspects of salvation. Salvation past Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Also, that's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, and Titus chapter 3, verse 5. This focuses on what God did for us in the past. When we confessed our sin to him and placed what we know of ourselves and what we know of Jesus, acknowledging and confessing that he is who he says he is, he forgave us our sins. We were saved from the penalty of sin. This is called justification. Positionally we are in Christ and forgiven. This, it is justified, never sinned. Then there's salvation present. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18 reads, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That's also referenced in Philippians chapter 2 and Romans chapter 6. Galatians chapter two, second Corinthians chapter three, this focusing on what God is doing in our life right now. He is saving us from the power of sin by his word. And by his spirit, we are growing spiritually. We are learning how to walk in who we are positionally. This is called sanctification. We, we are being saved from the power of sin. Then there's salvation future. Chapter uh, 5, verse 9 of Romans reads, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. It's also in Romans chapter 8, chapter 13, Corinthians 5, Ephesians 1, 1 Thessalonians 5, this focused on what God is doing, uh, is going to do for us in the future. So when we die as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, or when Christ returns, if that happens first, we will receive the complete package of our salvation. We will be saved from the very presence of sin. We will receive a, res- a resurrected body and a glorious home in heaven, where there is no sin. This is called glorification, we will be saved from the presence of sin. And so to help us understand the kingdom of God, the kingdom of salvation, Jesus gives us this little parable about a little seed that grows, which is simple, and it's incredibly complex all at the same time. So to frame this parable in such a way that will be helpful to understanding what Jesus is teaching us here, we need to think about our spiritual growth from a salvational perspective from this idea of justification, sanctification, and glorification. Um, When we say spiritual growth, we mean salvation in its fullest sense, not just one aspect, right? Um, So as we dive into this, we see where God takes us. So we're looking at this from God's perspective. We have to keep reminding ourselves of that today. This is God's part in our spiritual growth. So first of all, spiritual growth involves God's word. In verse 26, Jesus says, hey, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. The seed refers to the word of God. How do we know that? Well, Jesus has already told us this, right? At the beginning of Mark chapter four, Jesus tells a parable about a farmer spreading seed on four different types of ground." And then in verse 13, he says, hey, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the others? The first parable Jesus tells us will help us understand other parables, including this one, the parable of the growing seed. Jesus tells us in verse 14 that the seed is God's word. Without a seed, nothing is going to grow. Every farmer Every gardener knows that you can have great soil, you can have great ground, water, sun, and nutrients, but if you don't have a seed, nothing is going to grow. So to grow spiritually, the word of God must be planted in us. It is the seed. We must have God's word planted into our life. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right god uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work the seed of all scripture must be planted into our lives if we are going to grow spiritually we cannot grow spiritually without it first peter chapter 2 verse 2 like newborn babies you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. The context of 1 Peter 2 is the word of God and the spiritual milk Peter is referring to is God's word. God's word helps us to grow into a full experience of salvation that's past, present, and future. So the kingdom of God is like this. It's like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. And once the seed falls on good good ground, something incredible happens. And this takes us to sort of observation number two. Number two, spiritual growth involves God's timing. Jesus goes on to say night and day. While he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. So the farmer plants the seed. He goes home. Several nights pass, several days pass. Some days it's sunny, some days it's raining. The farmer has other things to do. He's gotta take care of livestock, taking care of the family, repairing the house, helping his neighbor. There may be some days where he doesn't think much about the seed at all. But at the right time, the seed sprouts and it grows, even though the farmer does not understand how it happens. Something starts to grow from that little seed. Through someone like us, we, we share the gospel. Think of our own story if we are following Jesus. Think about our own story. Someone, someone shared the gospel. We, we, we tell people about Jesus. We were told about Jesus. We share our testimony. We give biblical and wise counsel. We plant a seed of God's word into a life. We go home. We sleep. We wait. Days pass. Nights pass. In some cases, years pass. And then one day, the seed that was planted sometime in the past sprouts and it grows. And that person gives their life to Jesus. They're still rough around the edges, but there's growth. And we don't understand how it happens. That a seed planted today in their life begins to grow much, much, much later. But it does. Spiritual growth is about God's timing, not ours. The kingdom of God is like this. Number three, spiritual uh, growth involved God's power. So we have to look closely at what Jesus says in verse 28. The earth produces the crops on its own. Some translations say the soil produces crops by itself or the earth does it all without his help or the earth produces by itself. What is Jesus really saying here? What's what's the emphasis So we have to go to language school for just a moment. And this is the thing that I really struggle with, right? The New Testament was originally written in Greek by God's design and plan. And so there's two things that we need to see here. The phrase on its own is significant. That phrase comes from the Greek word automatos, which we get the word automate and automatic from. Automatos means there is something in the seed that's inherent, it's innate, it's intrinsic, it produces growth. So we see this automatos effect on seeds everywhere. A seed falls in the middle of a field and a wildflower grows. No farmer planted it or watered it or anything. God has built into it and designed it, the seed, with innate power that once it is planted in good ground, it will grow. It's automatic. It's automatos. God's word, the seed in this parable, has this kind of automatos power in it. Once God's word is planted in good ground, it will grow. It's automatic. It will take time. It may take a long time, but it will grow. Many days and nights will come and go, but the automatos effect is taking place under the surface. We may not be able to see it, smell it, taste it, hear it, but it's happening. The automatos of God's word is is working in the heart and the mind of that person and someone is about to change that was greek lesson number one uh here's greek lesson number two the greek language is not like our language the greek language um, in the greek language the placement of words helps to determine what is being emphasized in that statement so for example we would say the earth produces the crops on its own but we we put the phrase on its own at the end of the sentence. As a a matter of fact, most translations do this. However, in the Greek language, the phrase on its own, automatos, is placed at the beginning to give it emphasis. Literally, with emphasis, Jesus said, On its own, the earth produces crops. With no help from the farmer, the seed that was planted takes root, grows, and produces. The kingdom of God is like that. The word of God has built in power that comes from God. And once the word of God is planted, it does not need our help to do what it is about to do in that person's life. I don't know about you, but this makes me sigh an incredible sigh of relief. The pressure is off of us. We spread the word, we give biblical counsel we share the gospel, we teach God's word, we give biblical advice, we live out the gospel when necessary using words. If it falls on good ground, eventually a harvest that honors God will come from that life because God's word automatically and spontaneously began to work in their life. This is what Paul was talking about. When he said in Romans chapter one, verse 16, for I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes that's the automatos of God's word. The writer of Hebrews in chapter four, verse 12 says this way, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's the automatos of God's word. And as Isaiah, excuse me, fifty-five, ten, God said, the rain and the snow came down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. That's verses uh, 10 and 11 um, of, he- of Isaiah chapter 55. That's the automatos of God's word. The, the automatos of God's word is a demonstration of the sovereignty, the sovereign power of God's word in a person's life. What we wish we could actually do for others, God's word actually can. Plant the seed. Get out of the way and let the automatos of God's word do its thing. This is what the kingdom of God is like. Spiritual growth involves God's process. This is number four. There's a process to spiritual growth. There are steps to our growth, and we can't skip any of them, even if even if I want to. Jesus said in verse eight or verse twenty-eight. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. So, so far we've seen God's divine power in the automatos of God's word. But now we see God's divine order in the process of growth. So let's look back to the word automatos. It also carries the idea of an e- of inevitable. It's automatic. It will happen. There is, there's no stopping this. Once the seed finds good ground and takes root, a leaf blade pushes through, and then the heads of wheat are formed, and then finally the grain ripens. It's going to happen. It's unstoppable. This process of growth is a divine process built into the DNA of the seed. It is built into the DNA of humanity, which is why we were created to be in a right relationship with Christ. Jesus highlights the three stages of growth of wheat to help us understand the kingdom of God. So we connect the three tenses of salvation. In the first stage, Jesus says, a leaf blade. Well, it pushes through. That can represent the stage where we would say, I, I was saved. I was blind, but now I see. I, I don't know much. I don't understand much. I'm still super rough around the edges. I'm a new believer. I still have a lot of things I'm dealing with. I have more questions than I have answers, but but I'm, I'm newborn. i I might be an infant. I might be a spiritual infant, but I'm growing. So be patient with me. Let, let God work on me. Give me time. Don't rush. In the second stage, Jesus says, then the heads of wheat are formed. Now, this can represent the stage where we might would say, well, well, I am being saved. I'm, I'm definitely not what I used to be. I've I've grown and I'm growing that's clear. There's spiritual, there's some fruit. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the real deal in the sense that I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not, I'm not shallow ground. I'm headed toward maturity. I'm a disciple. I may not be making disciples right now. And I certainly don't make disciple decisions every day, but, but I'm, a, I'm about to make disciples for Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. And then in the final stage, Jesus says, "And finally, the grain uh, ripens." This can represent becoming mature in Jesus, and maybe even where we can say, "I have fought the good fight. I've planted the seed of God's word throughout my throughout part of my life. I've I've made disciples. I've encouraged believers. I've I've been God's lamp in dark places. I'm not the light. I'm just the lamp. Even though I fell a lot, I got back up. I'm far from perfect, Uh, but I'm a mature believer." Um, part of that maturity is knowing that I'm not all it Uh, and and I'm helping to make other mature believers, even though part of me wants to stay and minister and, and, and but there's a part of me that really wants to go on to heaven to go home. I'm, I'm ripe. Everyone's spiritual growth is a divine process. Our spiritual growth and everyone else's is like this leaf blade that pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed and then finally the grain ripens the kingdom of God is like this. Number five, spiritual growth involves God's harvest. And then in verse 29, Jesus says, and as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle for the harvest time has come. The farmer who planted the seed and let God's sovereign power do its work comes along and gets to enjoy the harvest that comes from that person's life. That's what the kingdom of God is like. See, when we share the gospel, we share God's word. Someone receives it into their heart. We don't know it yet. We pray for them. We don't see any change. Weeks, months, years go by, but something is, is happening inside them, and then we see a little leaf of righteousness, right, and obedience and hunger for God and his word. It's not much, but but it wasn't there before, but now it is. And, and that leaf turns into this head of wheat. And, and so, with substance, and, and there's, there's no doubt that they're a believer. They're, 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 they're talking about Jesus. They're talking about Jesus with their friends. It's just natural. It just comes up in conversation. It's who they are, it's, it's plainly evident. And then they, they ripen. They're, they're mature believers. They're blessing others. They're investing in others. They're sharing the gospel. They're a significant part of the body of believers. They're caring, they're loving, they're gentle. They're joyful, they're patient, they're producing much fruit. And as the farmer who God used to plant the seed that started all of this, we we get to enjoy either here on earth or in heaven with them or both. So as we conclude, the the parable of the growing seed does several things for us. It it takes the pressure off of us to cause someone to grow spiritually. We're the farmer. Just plant the seed of God's word and, and the automatic power of God's word do It does its work. God is in control of this. This is his kingdom. We don't have to get in a hurry over someone's spiritual growth. Growth, excuse me. If it will happen, it will happen based on God's timing. God is in control of this. This is his kingdom. And when it's all said and done, we can enjoy the harvest that comes from their life. God used us, and now we get to enjoy the results. God is in control of this. This is his kingdom. Our own spiritual growth and others is, is a demonstration of the power of God's word. It demonstrates the automatos of the word of God. Even if we don't understand how it works, we can trust it. We can count on it. We can depend on it. We can be the farmer. We can spread the seed. Just trust that God's power to grow in good ground and enjoy the harvest when it ripens. And that is what the kingdom of God is like. Amen, and God bless.